people, people, people. They are keeping us busy, aren't they? Cannot be mad. Hello, welcome to Let's Catch Up. What is the point of a formal greeting (laughs) with all that is happening in the world? Um, Rihanna's actively teasing us with some music. By the time this episode is released, her new song for Black Panther 2 should be out. Um, And SZA will also be finally releasing music tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe we'll even get new music from Normani during the year of our Lord 2022. Could be exciting for all of us. Um, As many people on the internet have said, babies are expensive, so Rihanna did have to get back to making music. Um, Allegedly, she will be touring this summer, as well as Beyonce and Ms. Taylor Swift. So, budgets blown across the world. Holiday gift requests lined up. We should get a nice taste of the new music at the Super Bowl, I guess, though. Like, what song do you need her to perform? Because I feel like she has to do Umbrella, right? I wouldn't be mad at, like, an SOS. I would personally love a rude boy moment. Needed me as a classic. But I feel like she obviously has a huge repertoire. She could do a lot here. The big moments, the small moments, the Calvin Harris, the Jay-Z. You know, the whole squad could be there. But she has to do at least one or two songs that we haven't heard, right? I guess she would do the Wakanda song. The Wakanda song. I just, just named it. But whatever song she releases right this week I guess she would she'll do that one and maybe we would get one new one I get doing a new song at the Super Bowl but it also is kind of annoying right because I'm like how am I supposed to sing along to this anyway I would love to get California King bed too while we're making requests um but new music that's fun um I don't know if you guys saw but all the parents at Donda Academy got an email that was literally just like don't bring your kids to school on Thursday this past week so the school's like effectively shut down but they said like it'll like reopen next year I don't know what's going on I would feel bad for those like parents but I don't at all because they clearly were not well to begin with but I did see a tweet that was like please stop laughing all of these millionaires children aren't going to be able to go to Christian parkour class this week and that did make me giggle but I mean like we're obviously not going to talk about that and that hate speech and him trying to show up to Skechers, which is a legitimately Jewish family-owned company. Couldn't do his research, apparently. Um, what else are we discussing this week? James Corden is, like, terrorizing wait staff across the country, which, like, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast before, but, like, this is not the first accusation of James Corden's terrible behavior, and I feel bad bursting people's bubble, but if you guys remember that clip from his show where he got asked to name the camera guy... He was like, he was asked to literally name one camera person and he couldn't name any of them. It's like, I think Jimmy Fallon is annoying. And I think, you know, I I don't know. I like the rest of them, I guess. But I feel like all of the other late night guys could probably, like, I think Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers could name at least one camera guy. I don't think it's a coincidence that James Corden didn't. So we'll dive into that. We'll also go through the new Roni cast um, and Jenna Lyons joining them and then what they're going to do with this like legacy cast i'm interested to see what that happens there um i'm going to do a full fall tv review because we went over a lot and so i want to kind of touch on i watched the pilots of truly so much tv in the last few weeks um some of it i'm really happy that i did some of it i'm not going to say like i resent this podcast for making me that watch the real life love boat or whatever it's called but it as someone who is addicted to love island as we know who's actively been watching love is blind to hate a reality show like it takes a lot anyway we'll get into that and then um oh guys it's that time of year it's end of october beginning of november which means 
Our holiday movies are on the way. We're queuing them up. It's Netflix. It's Lifetime. It's Hallmark. It's not that other channel that is run by people like Great American Family or whatever. I mean, couldn't find a person of color in the bunch, I am sure. Allegedly, allegedly. And then, you know, like... UPN does Christmas movies, I think, too. Wouldn't know how to find that channel if you um, made me. But we got a lot to talk about, so let's catch up. Okay, let's start with Real Housewives of New York and their cast, uh, the new cast, anyway. So BravoCon was last week or two weeks ago, which, like, if you are a Bravo person, you surely saw the tweets, the clips, the, you know, disagreements, Kathy Hilton leading a conga line. Um, It was quite the event. Andy Cohen was, you know, on stage for, like, three days. If you wanted any Housewives merch, this was the place to be. They were selling it all. You could get your Brooks Marks, you could get your She by Sheree, you could get your Three Wick Candle from the Potomac one. You guys know I don't watch Potomac, but I do know the drama. Um, And, you know, the Beverly Hills ladies discussed Summer House was there, Winter House, Fall House, Spring House, whatever is going on with those people. Um, But the new cast for Real Housewives of New York was revealed and it's interesting to say the least so the drama with the real housewives situation is that the new york housewives like you know beverly hills oc i guess i should say oc like they have experienced quite a bit of turnover and also as these women get older they get more and more offensive um ramona singer should not be on television anymore but because like I think Andy Cohen is just, like, loyal to a fault or something, or I don't know, maybe these women, like, have something on him. They won't fire them. The best they can do is, like, downgrade these women to friend of. Um, And what we've seen in New York is that um, the show has definitely lost some of its, like, value, and they keep adding women who only last, like, a season or two, which I think is something that might happen in Salt Lake. But we will see. Anyway, so what they're doing is a legacy season of Roni. We have not had that cast confirmed, but we do know that Luann and Sonia are doing a spinoff series of their own. So I don't think that they will be on the legacy cast. We can assume that it's going to be Ramona. There's some rumors about a Jill Zarin. There's some rumors about a Bethany Frankel. So we will see how that was. Honestly, bring back Carol Radzowell. Like... We will see. But anyway, the new cast of Real Housewives is very interesting because I'm going to read you a bunch of names and, you know, you lift up a finger, put down a finger, whichever way you want to go for each one that you recognize. Um, Their names are Cy Silva, who she's like a blogger. Um, Her Instagram is like Scout in the City or something like that. Yuba Hassan, Aaron Dana Lecky, Likey, I don't know how it's pronounced. Lizzie Savetsky, Giselle Tonk, and Bryn Whitfield, and Jenna Lyons. <laughs> um, Jenna Lyons, the literal creative director of J. Crew, who like left, you know, at this point, it's got to be like five, six, seven years ago. Left J. Crew in a real fashion lurch, if you ask me. No one did, but they were struggling. Um, 
and is like 20 years older than these women. Jenna Lyons, who had her own show on HBO that I never watched, but I did not hear good things about. I feel like she is simultaneously exactly who you want on this show and not at all who you want. I think that she obviously knows people in New York. She runs in, you know, the sort of like fantastical circles you would want to see on a Real Housewives of New York. She's going to the shows. She's going to the parties. People know who she is. She has like kind of a recognizable iconic look. So all of these things seem like they would lend themselves really well to Real Housewives if there were other people on her level. I feel like that will be the most interesting thing to watch is like, is she going to be willing to provide the drama, do the fighting, kind of produce herself on this show with other women who like, they don't have a reputation to lose, right? Like Jenna Lyons could like wreck her reputation by doing this. So I don't know. We will see how it goes. Um, Maybe I'll try and start watching it from the beginning. Maybe I won't. Also to note that it's like significantly more of a diverse cast than we've ever seen on any Real Housewife uh, show, but especially for a New York, which like is inherently a diverse place. That's always the most fascinating thing about the Real Housewives is that like they pick these incredibly diverse cities and then give you like exactly one race. And I'm even talking about Atlanta. Atlanta, like, you know, um, Kim, what's her face was like literally the only white woman and is the only white woman that's ever been on Atlanta, which like, you know, I'm not mad about it. But and then you go to, you know, Beverly Hills, they have only ever been able to find who Garcelle and now Crystal And then they've tried to make, like, a diverse cast in Salt Lake City of all places. I'm like, this is the only place that you can get away with having an all-white cast. Because when they do try and hire, like, a token minority, that person either literally commits crimes or hate crimes. (laughs) And so they are just, like, slowly being whittled down to just white women. But I'm like, this is the only place that we would, like, understand a fully white cast. Anyway, I'm I'm excited about the new cast. I wouldn't be mad if they just, like... I know that there's a lot of, like, you know, loyalists to the original cast of, Real House, of New York, but I'm not one of them. Okay, so let's talk about the James Corden thing. Um, I'm going to be honest. I did not watch all of the clips of James Corden, like, apologizing and saying he did nothing wrong over and over again but I do think there's something funny about like people normally say like I did nothing wrong like that's like a Bill Clinton level statement you know (laughs) so for it to be about omelets is genuinely funny so let's start with um the post from Keith McNally who owns Balthazar in New York and that is the restaurant that um He was originally banned from. We have to keep in mind that this man is messy on Instagram. If you go to his Instagram right now, he has legitimately four posts of James Corden's face because he's like talking about him so much. So let's start with October 17th. (laughs) James Corden is a highly gifted comedian, but a tiny cretin of a man. (laughs) And the most abusive to my Balthazar, a most abusive customer to my Balthazar servers since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. I don't often 86 a customer. Today, I 86 Corden. It did not make me laugh. Here are two examples of the funny man's treatment of my staff. 
So then there's um, a manager's report in June. They say what table he was sitting at. He was nasty to a server and said, give us all a drink or we won't, we'll write like nasty reviews on Yelp or something. Then there's another example from October, the manager's report where he's at brunch. He asks for a table outside. The wife orders an egg yolk omelet. A few minutes after they receive their food, James calls the server to tell them there was a little bit of egg white mixed in with the egg yolk. Then the kitchen remakes the dish, unfortunately sent it with home fries instead of salad. This is when James Corden began yelling crazy to the server. You can't do your job. You can't do your job. Maybe I should go into the kitchen and cook the omelet myself. Return the dish. After that, everything was fine. They were given uh, promo champagne to smooth things over. Um, the manager on the floor at the time said that Corden was pleasant to him, but nasty to the server. So, like, people were like, okay, this is not super surprising, but also, like, it's a lot to be, like, yelling at a server and then have the owner of the restaurant post it all on Instagram. So this is on October 17th. Then another blurry screenshot of James Corden's face. Uh, later that same day, James Corden just called me and apologized profusely. I strongly believe in second chances. Um, he says anyone magnanimous enough to apologize to me and my staff doesn't deserve to be banned from anywhere. So now James Corden is no longer banned from this restaurant. That's all within the same day. Then you have a post on um, October 21st that says, Storm in a restaurant teacup. I've no wish to kick a man when he's down, especially one who's worth $100 million. But when James Corden said in yesterday's New York Times that he hasn't done anything wrong on any level, was he joking or was he denying being abusive to my servers? It's not funny, but it's just so wild that this man started out by saying, like, this is the most abusive customer I've had in 25 years of running a restaurant in New York City. Like, that means a lot. And then to immediately rescind it would gain an apology. Like, why are we surprised by his behavior? Anyway. So then he says, whatever Corden meant, his implication was clear. He didn't do it. Although I didn't witness the incident, a lot of my restaurant's floor staff did. They had nothing to gain by lying. Corden did. I wish James Corden would leave, live up to his almighty initials and come clean. If the supremely talented actor wants to retrieve the respect he had from all of his fans, and then in parentheses, all four of them, before this incident, then they, he should at least admit he did wrong. If he goes one step further and apologizes to the two servers he insulted, I'll let him eat for free at Balthazar for the next 10 years. I mean, what like a whirlwind, okay? This is my favorite part, though, and I just want to reiterate it, that he says, I wish James Corden would live up to his almighty initials, literally referencing Jesus Christ, and then saying that he's supremely talented again, but that he only has four fans. Okay, we're not done yet. Three days ago, last word. This is October 25th. Last night on his TV show, James Corden very graciously apologized for his outburst at Balthazar. It takes a real man to do this. In the past, I've behaved much worse than Corden, but wasn't man enough to apologize. 
For this reason, I'm going to lift the ban on Gordon and impose one on myself instead. I'm going to ban myself from Balthazar for two weeks. People who live in glass houses, dot, dot, dot. Another blurry screenshot of James Corden's face. So this man has four screenshots of James Corden's face on his Instagram mixed in with like old celebrity photos and photos of like uh, food at his restaurant. Absolutely wild. But there's one other story that I want to add just because the nature of who's telling it is so funny given what's happened in the last few weeks. So while all this is kind of like bubbling up and, you know, people are sharing their stories of him like not being the most polite, whatever. One of the Try Guy wives (laughs) shares a story on TikTok that she saw James Corden berating a host at a restaurant in Los Feliz where they closed for lunch. And so James Corden came by and wanted to sit down, I guess, for a drink or for an early dinner. I do not know. And they wouldn't seat him because they were like, sir, we're closed. We'll open back up at five. We could give you a table then. And he yells at the person, allegedly, allegedly, well, a lot of good that's going to do me. The Try Guy wife was, her name is Becky, but like, it's just so funny given everything that they've been going through that she was like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut about it, the infidelity, but I am going to yell about James Corden yelling at an employee. Um, So I don't know, but I might go to Balthazar this weekend and try and see if I can drum up some drama. Get the 411, you know? Okay, at this point, my only question this week is should we take away Olivia Wilde's phone? Because it does keep getting her in trouble and not in the way that like a predator's phone keeps getting him in trouble or like Adam Levine's phone got him in trouble. I mean it in a genuinely joking way, but also kind of not. So obviously we have the video that she sent to Shia, Shia, um, where she said the infamous Miss Flo. Now we have screenshots of text messages between Olivia Wilde and her kid's nanny and Jason Sudeikis and the nanny. This nanny definitely at some point signed an NDA, so I'm fascinated by her willingness to do this daily daily mail thing. And it must mean that she got paid such an incredible amount of money that it was worth releasing all of these screenshots. And I will say, obviously, it's like disappointing and it would be harrowing for anyone's like employee to release screenshots about their family and the way that you were communicating with them when you were experiencing like a very troubling time in your entire family like it wouldn't be great um but uh this is the part where I don't pretend like I'm a better person than I am you know I try not to read the daily mail on a regular basis but I read both parts of the two-part exclusive that the daily mail had with this nanny that included all the screenshots it seems like it it doesn't really like clarify the timeline if anything it seems like it continues to like muddle it up but like it does seem like Jason Sudeikis is having a really hard time obviously handling the fact that Olivia Wilde is like doesn't want to be in a relationship anymore, but continues to keep, like, coming around and, you know, whatever. There's also this whole rumor about her giving up her dog because she's so obsessed with Harry Styles that she, like, only wants to spend time with him. I know it's not funny, but it's just such a, like, weird aside in the midst of everything else that she was like, I don't have time for any other living creatures. Um, 
So Jason Sudeikis does compare Olivia Wilde's like need to spend time with Harry Styles to like a drug addiction, which is wild. Um, Olivia Wilde. And um, the worst part, in my opinion, of the screenshots that the nanny sent was not, you know, Jason Sudeikis struggling and saying, you know, we're just going to have to give her time and wait for her to come back and want to join this family. And then you realize that the nanny, I guess, is someone that they consider family, which in some ways makes the text message release worse because it does seem like they were both very close to her, texted her on a regular basis. The worst part to me is that at one point, the nanny calls Jason Sudeikis Ted Lasso. She says, have a great day at work, Mr. Ted Lasso. And then he responds to a text at one point saying all this stuff and says, hashtag believe at the end. It's not great. You're telling me, I don't know, her calling him Mr. Ted Lasso is so wild. But um, everyone, I feel like at this point, has heard the rumors that Jason Sudeikis threw himself in front of her vehicle when he found out that she was making his special salad dressing for Harry Styles because he was like, that's how I know she's like for sure going to leave me or whatever, which like throwing yourself behind the tires of your fiance's vehicle when you think they're going to leave you. In some ways, is it dangerous? Sure. In some ways, it's a classic. Um, Doing it over a vinaigrette. That's the hardest part to hear. Um, we have since seen Olivia Wilde post the vinaigrette recipe. Her PR team is all over the place, if we're being honest. They have good ideas, the vinaigrette. They have bad ideas, everything else. Um, but it appeared to be just a recipe from a Nora Ephron book that is actually, ironically, about divorce. But it was unsurprisingly like a red wine vinaigrette. I don't think any of us were like, oh my god, does she make like a special green goddess? Like, no, it was just olive oil. Um, but it did require some uh, mustard. And so Grey Poupon did post a little thing that said Dijon Worry Darling. And it was a bottle of Grey Poupon with a boa around it, um, which did make me laugh. And I did appreciate them leaning in. I liked it. And I feel like people on TikTok were um, buying bottles of Grey Poupon to make this salad dressing. Not me, but people were. Um, At the end of the day, it's obviously like very sad. It's like an entire family that's like struggling and it gets like the timestamps of these again, like make their relationship a little bit more unclear because it does seem like she was um, seeing Harry Styles before she ended things with Jason Sudeikis. I don't know. Um, but the nanny um, <laughs> definitely was like on team Jason. It seemed like she was like he she was sending him a lot of mixed messages. I don't know, guys, but I do think Olivia should um, get rid of her phone. Because her text messages get her in trouble, her videos get her in trouble, so... Let's just put our phone away and at this point, maybe break up with Harry Styles. The part that's so crazy in the midst of all of this is that they are technically still in a relationship. And she does keep going to his shows. Even though we keep getting blinds written into Dumois that, um, like, Harry Styles and Florence Pugh hooked up on the set of Don't Worry Darling. But, like, people are like, I feel like Olivia's PR team wrote that. Because we didn't hear anything about that until the nanny text messages came out. What a whirlwind. I do feel bad for her. I, well, I feel like she is a pretty, like, she doesn't seem like someone who's, like, suffering from anxiety and depression to the point where she's not going to be able to handle all of this. Also, the other thing was that someone did find an interview clip of Olivia Wilde talking about how Jason Sudeikis has, like, a weird 
taste bud situation. So like he can't really taste things. So he thinks that she's like an incredible cook, even though she's not like self-admission. So that makes the salad dressing also funny is that like she just made him a basic vinaigrette and he was like, this is our special dressing. Hashtag believe. Okay, what are we watching? What are we listening to? What are we paying attention to? We've got our fall TV review, and then I promise not to talk about these shows again. But we went through a real rabbit hole, and I gave us all a list to work with, and the vast majority of our list have premiered. And so I want to talk about the fact that I watched the pilot for all of them, and for some of them have watched more than the pilot because I genuinely am interested in them. I love fall TV. So let's start with Alaska Daily. On ABC, starring Hilary Swank, her wardrobe in the show, upsetting. The show itself, definitely interesting, captivating. Curious how long it can last. Um, because the show itself right now is, folk, like, the main story is, is very specific. But it's a newspaper, and, you know, I'm confident that they can find something else to cover. But I don't know how long Hilary Swank's going to stay in Alaska. Um, At the end of these episodes, there is messaging about the rates at which indigenous women go missing and how they're consistently ignored by the media. And we've talked about this on this podcast briefly when it came to Gabby Petito, a missing white woman syndrome, how all women of color are aware that should we go missing, we probably won't have media blitzes and lifetime movies about us. But for indigenous women, it's significantly more dangerous than any other group. The numbers are greater and the media coverage is even smaller because of where they live and the kind of access they tend to have. So if nothing else, if this show sheds a light on that in even a small way while providing captivating television that isn't made just to make us feel guilty for not paying enough attention, but instead draws attention to it with well-done and captivating storylines, I'm all in. So conclusion for Alaska Daily, going to keep watching. Up next was up next. Okay, was East New York on CBS. I was excited about this. If y'all remember, Copaganda New York. It was made for me. It is fine. It is not the best show I've ever seen. It is not the worst. I don't know if I need to give like a second and third episode a try because the pilot sometimes is is you know a completely different tone, right? Because it's filmed at a different time. It's filmed with a different budget. It's filmed with hesitancy. Whatever. I don't know. We we will see. You've just got a lot of moving pieces and they're never really all together. So uh, I don't know. I feel like cop shows like they have a home base, you know, and these people. Okay. Anyway, the one I mentioned earlier, The Real Love Boat, hosted by Rebecca Romaine, not Stamos, because she's hosting it with her now husband, Jerry O'Connell. It looked chaotic, and I guess the cruise industry is working really hard to recoup post-COVID between this show and The Bachelorette. Um, They're leaving some of the contestants in random countries as they go, which seems insane. Like, if you don't have a match, they will just leave you on the coast of of Greece, I guess. Um, I obviously did not watch the original Love Boat when it premiered in the 70s, but Princess Cruises was doing all of the advertising in the show, and I stopped halfway through. There was just not a lot going on, and I'm not even watching Bachelor in Paradise this year, so I think watching a cruise as the autumnal chill settles over New York City is not for me. We'll not be tuning back in. Up next was So Help Me Todd, 
also CBS. We love Marsha Gay Harden, a chance for Skylar Aston to be back in prime time. Post Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I was semi-excited for this. Um, for a moment, I was like, do I love a CBS sitcom or do I hate them? I don't know. Um, but then I was like, I guess you have ghosts, which is great. So I don't know. Willing to give it a chance. Oddly enough, Dr. Phil and his son are producers on this show. Caught that in the credits, which made me feel weird about it. Um, it's definitely good. It's not like, it's not the best TV show I've ever seen in my life, but it's a cute little moment. You know, you've got Skylar Aston, like he's a disgraced private investigator or whatever, and he's working for his mom. And, um, we love Marsha Gay Harden and they have like a good fun little dynamic and, you know, dealing with things in their personal lives or whatever. I will say that the episodes are an hour long, which I don't need. Um, but it's pretty good. So if you've, thought about it if you need a little new tv show it's a cute moment um and then last but not least on the fall tv docket fire country we talked about this because of my moral and ethical dilemma with discussing inmates doing any sort of labor in this country and how it's basically modernized slavery and how you know prison firefighters are no exception and romanticizing it is weird so I watched the first episode because I was like, let's let's see what's going on here. And I wanted to give it a chance, right? And see, like, do they acknowledge the fact that this is, like, plantation lifestyle or no? Unsurprisingly, they did not. The thing that's weird about the show is that there's, like, a little reveal at the very end of the first episode that's very captivating. And you're like, oh, I would love to see where this goes. But it's also completely unrealistic. Um, so I haven't watched any more of it. I, I mean, like... It's not bad TV. I guess I'll put it that way. I think it's just a decision, right, that you have to make about what, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to shame anybody. Watch the TV show. You know, it's not going to, like, change the way that the prison system works in America. You know, we've got a lot of issues. Um, but it's okay. Oh, you know, the other thing that I did start to was on Hulu, Reasonable Doubt, which is produced by Kerry Washington, and I saw someone say that it was like Scandal. And I've been in a moment because I've been getting a lot of TikToks wondering if I should rewatch Scandal. And I was like, oh, instead of rewatching it, I will just try this show Reasonable Doubt on Hulu. Let me go ahead and tell you all this. It is like Scandal if Scandal was not on network TV. <laughs> I feel like I'm not particularly like faint um, of heart. I'm a pretty pretty hearty girl when when it comes to the kind of tv i watch but um it's interesting i watched i think one or two episodes it's like a, a the main character is an attorney i don't know she like in the trailer and in the first episode she's like i love criminals and i'm like i don't know about all this but michael ely's in it and like he can convince me to watch anything so Maybe I will keep up with it, or maybe I'll rewatch Scandal. Who knows? Okay, we have holiday movies. Um, there's truly so many, and they're on every channel you can think of. Even the ones that you can't think of, they're there. The Roku channel, <laughs> guys. 
I don't know what's going on, but I think I'm starting to do promo for them unintentionally. I was scrolling through the list that Entertainment Weekly put together, which is an incredible list because it has not only your titles and where it airs and who's in it, but it also does like kind of a quick zip like you know, your buzzwords for a holiday movie, and then it gives you the full plot. So the one on the Roku channel, I was kind of tempted by, um, because it's like a, it's called Another Christmas. It premieres on November 1st, in case you were wondering. And it literally has this little blurb that says, contains rekindling of old flames, romance between elementary school teacher and pro athlete. I don't know. I'm tempted. The official description is an elementary school teacher gave up on love until her childhood friend, A professional baseball player returns home and invites Kelly to spend Christmas with his family, although reluctant to attend a Christmas party after remembering how things ended with Andrew. She soon realizes she still has feelings for him. I don't know how you watch anything on the Roku channel. I know about Roku City, but I don't know how you navigate it. So I might get into it. We'll see. You've obviously got all your hallmarks. You've got all your lifetimes. The one that we're really waiting for is November 10th on Netflix. Um, it's Lindsay Lohan and Cord Overstreet. Surely at this point you guys have seen the promo for this as well, but we're very excited. Called Falling for Christmas. Just in case you're wondering, the breakdown says contains spoiled heiress, amnesia causing accidents, single dad lodge owner. <laughs> um, but that's literally what it is. The official description is a newly engaged spoiled hotel heiress gets into a skiing accident, suffers from total amnesia, finds herself in the care of a handsome blue collar lodge owner and his precocious daughter in the days leading up to Christmas. Count me in, put it on the calendar. Um, BET Plus has a lot of Christmas movies as well, so I love that for them. Every streaming service, you know. Um, All the Christmas movies are, um, you know, the normal Mad Libs of Christmas movie situations where it's just like magical Christmas holiday, holiday. There's also a lot of like magic figurines, magic recipes, ghosts of Christmas past, There's one on Discovery Plus. I told y'all they're on every network with Bobby Flay. He's a food critic, but I still don't love it. Um, There's another one on Discovery Plus that uh, Katie Stevens from The Bold Type is in. And um, the guys, uh, the, the couple from Hometown on HGTV, Ben and Aaron. And literally the contains part says i'm i'm gonna end up getting discovery plus aren't i the contains part says sexual tension between property stager and her high school crush actual tension over home renovation um count me in it's also supposed to be like in um georgia in atlanta i don't think ben and aaron play themselves i think they play like um a restoration couple but obsessed with them getting into the movie scene Okay, what else have we got here? Um, We've got an MI5 agent who becomes a royal nanny on the Hallmark Channel. We've got Sarah Drew and the man that she married on Grey's Anatomy that wasn't Jackson Avery in some sort of reindeer games on Lifetime. We've got one (laughs) that the contains part, like the buzzwords, just say, quote, dementia, comma, grandma's beloved pasta sauce. (laughs) Which I'm sorry if laughing at that makes me a bad person. Um... A Christmas Story Christmas on HBO with a grown-up Ralphie. Interesting sequel energy. Christmas with You on Netflix, which is pretty Freddie Prince Jr. and a pop star in a small town situation. Um, a movie called called Spirited on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a ghost of Christmas, uh, past, present, future, whatever. 
told from the ghost's perspective. It's Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, and Octavia Spencer. So, hello, budget. Um, That's on November 18th. There's a movie called Three Wise Men and a Baby. (laughs) Um, Holiday Harmony in late November on uh, HBO Max. It's literally described as, quote, a ragtag group sing their hearts out on Christmas Eve stranded in Oklahoma. I'm not going to ignore it. That's all I'm saying. Um, The next film is, like, across the board not great and we will not speak of it again but i just have to admit to you guys my initial thought when i read who was cast in it um it's on fox nation no comment it's premiering a movie called christmas at the Greenbrier, which i guess they have a couple christmas movies coming out this year because as previously established if you have a network you should have a christmas movie it's on november 24th and it's starring a man named josh murray so if you are from where I'm from or you have watched The Bachelor in any um, context, you, like me, probably thought that this was the former fiancé of Bachelorette Andy Dorfman. Um, and part of the reason that I thought this was because the character in this movie is playing a former professional football player. So I don't think I was too far off base, but I was shocked by the career turn because I thought he was just selling protein supplements on Instagram, but it's not the right guy. It's another white guy. So thank God. Um Justin Hartley is in a Netflix one called The Noel Diary, which, like, it's, like, it's a strange mother's diary, whatever. I don't know. We're just happy to see anyone from This Is Us who's still working, you know, take advantage. Um, There's one on BET Plus called The Christmas Clapback, which did make me LOL. Um, The Hip Hop Nutcracker on November 25th on Disney Plus. I wasn't lying when I said every streaming service, literally every single one. This is uh, Twitch and his wife, Allison Holker, and Rev Run, question mark? I don't know. Um, And when I said every streaming service, I don't just mean the streaming services. I also mean every network because Ion Television has one called Dog Napped colon Hound for the Holidays. It doesn't sound as hokey as I like my holiday films. It actually sounds like a little concerning. Um, VH1 has one that's like a wedding and the cast includes Neo, Bow Wow, and Carrie Hilson. So that's interesting. Um, HBO Max is really stepping up their game. They have another one that's kind of like a Christmas movie in a Christmas movie. Like the protagonist is a director of popular Christmas movies in her world. It premieres on December 1st. Um, Scrooge or Christmas Carol is an animated musical on Netflix with Olivia Coleman. I could be tempted. Um, Oprah's Network is getting into the game. And Amanda Klutz is starring in one on CBS where she's a Christmas-loving fitness instructor, instructor. And guys, we have barely scratched the surface. This list on Entertainment Weekly has over 100 movies on all of these networks. The options are truly endless this year. Fire up those streaming service trials. If you want to do seven days, you know, we know Apple TV Plus is going to be in it. We know HBO Max is going to be in it. Disney Plus, um, Discovery Plus. Is everyone a plus? I'm just hearing that. Okay. Um, I'm going to be doing a Showtime trial for Matt Rogers Christmas special, so I'm excited for that. But yeah, it seems like now's the time to tap it. Well, maybe not now. Maybe wait a month because they're all coming out in November. So if you want to get your best bang for your buck, you probably want to watch these in December, right? As they've all come out. Most, everything that I just named, I think was a November. Should I do this again in a month with December launches? Probably not. You can figure it out on your own. But there's a lot, guys. I'm excited. I love fake snow and, you know, old friends rekindling their love, famous people being in love with regular people. 
Oh, the holidays. Oh, guys, that's it. But I, before I go, I did want to acknowledge Leslie Jordan's passing. So, so deeply sad. I know that, you know, people talk about like parasocial relationships with celebrities and things like that I think most of us can agree he's not someone we were like deeply obsessed with or like um we're getting like tattoos of or anything but he obviously was someone who brought so much joy to so many people throughout his career but especially during the pandemic just like just easy naturally funny southern humor right just like absolutely the best of the best and um to find out that it seems like he got, he had like a medical emergency and was in a car accident. And that's how he passed deeply, deeply sad. Um, the outpouring of support, it just seemed like it wasn't just all of us, you know, peasants that he touched. It was like celebrities running the gamut were so moved by him and had relationships with him and loved him and thought he was just as much of a light as the rest of us did. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge him. I just, yeah, it's really, really deeply sad, you know, like, well, whatever. I was like going to go on a rant, but that doesn't feel appropriate. Um, he will just be really, really terribly missed. And I'm so grateful. This is going to sound very dumb, but I'm so grateful that he recorded himself saying so many incredibly funny things, um, so that we'll continue to have it. Um, I know that that's a little sad. I promise I'm going to try and pick it up. I've got to go listen to um, Rihanna's new song for this um, Wakanda Forever situation. And you know what I'm not going to do? But if anyone does it, they can let me know. I'm not going to read Matthew Perry's memoir. I almost (laughs) part of me is just like, my guy, it's been a little while. Um, But we've already been getting the poll quotes and things like that. So if you read it, please let me know how it is. But you know, he's been name dropping and doing whatever. And he's gone through a lot. I get that. You know, whose memoir I am going to read though. And then we can leave. But I have to tell you guys, have you seen the cover and the title for Prince Harry's memoir? I let me find this tweet that truly made me giggle because I related so deeply to it. Someone said, I thought Prince Harry's book would be called something like, quote, living my purpose, my journey to finding my way, but it's called Spare, and now I'm afraid I will read it. That's how I feel. I had no interest in reading that man's book. I'm going to be honest with you. I had a lot of empathy for the two of them when they initially left the royal family and they made this really brave move to move to California, but now I can't understand why Meghan Markle keeps having, like, cover stories. Like, not to be rude, but... I thought that the whole thing was that like she was never really that famous and then this made her like mega famous and like we were just gonna try and like be good people or whatever and now it's like we're lying about not watching the crown and saying we only watch white lotus like I've I there it makes me angry because they're making me sound like I'm a middle-aged white woman in England and that's not who I am but I'm coming across that way Like, she can live her life, but I also don't understand why we have to know so much about it. Like, just have your chickens and be friends with Oprah and, like, thrive, you know? Anyway, point being, I'm going to read this man's book (laughs) because it's literally called Spare. So I'm I'm already obsessed. Um, People are saying that it's, like, a clear sign that he will not be attending, like, his father's coronation or whatever, which that's kind of sad. I don't know. Like, your dad only becomes king once. Right, guys? All of our dads only became king once. (laughs) 
I don't know. I'm going to read it. I'll let you guys know. Oh, maybe that'll be good timing. I said I wanted to do a celebrity memoir ranking. Maybe I'll do it after I read Prince Harry's book, Spare, and then we'll rank what, maybe we won't rank them. Depending on how really good or really bad his book is, maybe we'll rank them, but otherwise we'll just talk about really good ones that I've read. Um, Yeah, Spare. I mean, it's so dramatic once you see the cover. They love to do like a tight face shot. The two of them both do like on the cover of the cut or variety of their own book. They love it. Okay. Thanks for catching up. Bye.